What's up, everybody? I'm Craig, and this is Trucking.fm podcast, sponsored by Truckstop.com. Truckstop.com is also the sponsor of our group, Freight Brokers and Truck Drivers on Facebook, so I definitely want to give them a huge shout out for being a great ally in the trucking industry. Now, before we get started, I want to start by saying some of my podcasts actually started out as a Facebook Live video, so at times, You may hear me say things like drop your comments below if you're watching or every once in a while notice the audio slightly cuts off due to the video to audio conversion. Nonetheless, the information is still just as valuable. I only wanted to give you a quick heads up to avoid any possible confusions with my listeners. Now, enough with all that. Let's get started. What's up, everybody? It is Craig. Today is Monday, and of course, it is Make More Money Monday, sponsored by truckstop.com, as you can see here in the top uh, corner there. So as you can see here, typically I film from my bedroom or from my house, but today and probably for all the Make More Money Mondays, we're going to film from my office. So I do apologize if it's a little echoey because obviously I need uh, the door closed here, but I do have this uh, fancy microphone to see how it is. Um, If it echoes too much, go ahead and let me know. But as of right now, there's not much more I can do. It's a lot better than what I previously had. And so that's where we're at. And so I made a couple posts in the group just slightly last week to kind of um, update everybody on our Make More Money Monday, sponsored by truckstop.com. Uh, live Facebook videos here. And so the whole point of Make More Money Mondays is this. <laughs> I was quit saying that because I'm almost getting tied up on my words here, tongue twister. But with Make More Money Mondays, it's just, you know, a time to simply share tips and tricks to maximize results, as the uh, title buff suggests. Um, but also just help people in the industry just simply make more money. Because if you're anything like me, that's why I'm in the industry to make money. And anything I can do to make more, you know, I am all about it here. And now for the people who don't know, or if you happen to not have watched uh, previous videos or my podcast on trucking.fm, my name is Craig. Over the last 10 years, I've worked on all sides of the industry from a shipper, broker, and the carrier. Now I'm a logistics consultant helping all sides of the industry, mainly owner operators, small fleet owners, and of course, freight agents again, maximize their potential to make more money. And so with a post I made this morning in the group, I actually reshared a post. Um, I believe it was actually titled or directed to uh, brokers who work with shippers. However, I changed it up a bit and I reminded people that that post is a saying <laughs> for all sides of the industry, if you will. It's, uh, I, I mainly put that you need to start thinking like a broker And I know a lot of people are going to chew out that statement and spit me out alive with it, but you need to hear me out. You need to think uh, like a broker. And I'm meaning think like a broker when you're working with brokers and also think like a broker when you're working with shippers. And I say that because, you know, working on all sides of the industry, again, working with a lot of people in the group who are, you know, mainly truck drivers, carriers, small fleets, what have you. Um, 
a lot of them don't know exactly about how to work with brokers okay and i say that with all respect because i mean this new age brokerage this new age brokering it's as the name says it's new okay i've been in the industry for about 10 years when i started trust me it's a lot different than what it is now i'm just lucky to be born in you know the early 90s and so i can adapt to it a little bit more but anyways going back to thinking like a broker a broker they have everything basically organized set out put in place ready to rock and roll when they reach out to these shippers and now when i'm telling carriers and telling drivers to work like a broker i'm not saying get a brokerage authority or double broker or send out cheap freight i'm just saying be like them in regards of the operations you process and flows because that's what they look for okay and now let me tell you there's a ton of carriers a lot of owner operators small fleet owners who would rather eliminate the broker for one reason or the other and work directly with the shipper okay and now as it turns out those shippers they as well want to work directly with owner operators small fleet owners and what have you you know i mentioned in previous videos um and actually freight agent videos about approaching shippers you know it's not hard for a shipper to go out and find carriers that's easy they can literally just like walk downstairs to the docks and just write down the information uh for the trucks backed into them that's not the hard part the challenging part i don't want to say hard but the challenging part um is finding carriers that can provide the same benefits as these brokerages or brokers and i'm talking about like tr uh tracking 24-hour operations large teams support staff etc secondly you know shippers they use brokers largely and we're not talking about price but largely because you know as it turns out brokers are organized at least the brokerages you know that work with these shippers they're organized they have everything abc one two three all their ducks in a row i had to throw that out there uh with claim process you know accounting functions carrier compliance what have you it's all organized okay but the main one the last one is the solutions uh to shippers problems okay like recommending extra problems and i understand carriers obviously can you know find solution for uh uh shippers as well but i'm talking about the the solutions brokerages provide tend to be a little bit more okay and not always but you know brokerages um being you know a uh, full house if you will you know they can recommend different modes of transportation cross-border solutions warehousing cross dock to cut costs you know they can find extra you know loads at extra trucks they can help out with project freight when the shippers has pages of freight they need to move you know in a certain amount of time that's what brokers are really good for and just as it turns out no fault to the carrier oftentimes it's just easier to go through a broker and now that being said i have to add here owner operators and small fleet owners can still win shippers even with the small operation okay you just have to think like a broker because the second thing i said i believe second thing i said you have to have an organized operations it just has to be organized okay and now we talked about this when i made a post about why i trust a five dollar email address more than a gmail email and it all goes down to this it's because you know shippers need to trust the people they are working with i mean you want to be a friend with someone if you don't trust them you want to use them or you want to hire someone unless you fully trust them and now it's easier for shippers to trust an owner operator small fleet owners carriers whatever was a hundred thousand dollars worth of cargo 
when that owner op has a well put together carrier packet uh, without expired documents, I noticed that a lot when I had a carrier send me his packet. Anyways, maintains great communication even after they're set up and once they are on the load and has solid equipment. This thing same applies for fleet owners as well. And now that being said, shippers, you know, they feel hesitant to set up carriers, small fleets, owner operators when their pack is not organized or it has expired documents in it or just something doesn't feel right. And I'll tell you why, because that shipper is responsible for that freight. They'd rather just give it to a broker or pay someone else just a little bit more not to worry about it. Brokers don't like to worry about things. Excuse me. Let me go back. Shippers don't like worrying about things. Okay. And as an owner of small fleet, if you're looking to go after these accounts, you can't have these people worrying about things. Okay. And that's why, you know, back in the day, I made that long post about why I trust a $5 email address better. Because if this carrier is going out spending five bucks for an email address, you know, rather than having an at Gmail, I trust them a little bit more because to me, it looks like they're more, you know, like more consistent or more long-term and as a shipper or as a shipper decision maker, that's exactly, you know, what I'm looking to. And now in the beginning, when I said you need to think like a broker when working with brokers, okay. It's almost sounding like I'm encouraging code brokering or whatever, but as a carrier, when you're working with brokers, think like a broker. You know, I don't know if you know, but when a broker, a freight agent, whatever, brokerage gets set up with a shipper, that brokerage has a contract outlining the, ter outlining the terms and oftentimes has an accessorial sheet showing the charges for anything that could be triggered, such as layovers, detention, truck order not used, extra miles, extra stops, cross docking, you know, pallet charges, you know, driver assist, everything. Okay. A broker has to have this. To essentially cover their ass. I mean, you guys probably all heard it from a broker where a broker says, Hey buddy, I'm sorry, I can't approve this detention. My customer not approving it, or my customer doesn't have detention in places. I always help carriers when I say, you know, if you had in your packet, you wouldn't have to worry about the brokerage, you know, accessorial schedule with their shipper, um, because it should already be there. But I mentioned this because brokers when they get set up with customers and get set up with shippers they have all of this stuff outlined in their packet in their contract that they give it to them okay and now as a broker or excuse me as a carrier as a driver when i say think like a broker you need to do just this okay you need to do this just you need to cover your ass for like a better words and now i just say i'm sorry i'm still sick from last week so i'm trying to swallow a cough here so i don't cough on camera <laughs> But anyways, but now I have to ask how many drivers actually have an accessorial sheet um, either in their contract or uh, carrier setup contract they use when getting set with brokers or how many of you guys actually discuss your extra charges, your accessorial charges with the brokers at the time of getting set up or at the time of accepting a rate comp? You know, I asked this because I can assume not very many. Okay. And now, Four or five months ago, I sent out about 526, I checked before this video, about 526 detention cheat sheets for this reason, because people need help, you know, uh, excuse me, with this. And now, if you don't have this in your packet, that's okay, but you do need to have it in your packet. I was gonna show up an example, but I didn't put one on my desk and I don't wanna go digging through one, but 
if you're looking to see what an accessorial chart looks like or what an extra sheet looks like or one that you can use as a template to put in your packet, go ahead and message me or send me an email. And then after this video, I'll go ahead and send it to you because you definitely need this. And now there's a guy who does, um, uh, I can't even remember the trucking company right now. Uh, I believe it's Greenways. I could be wrong. I'm thinking that's wrong. Anyways, he was talking about how he gets paid without issue, detention, and all these extra charges from the TQL brokerage just because he simply included that one little extra sheet inside the packet. Now there's no question about it. So long-winded answer, just cover your ass. And as I always say, as long as you do your part, the broker should honor all the extra fees regardless if they did their part or regardless if they included the extra charges sheet in their packet when they got set with the customer. But thinking like a broker, <laughs> you include that in your packet because you know a broker will when they get set up. And now I definitely know there is nothing more frustrating than a broker refusing detention um, when you've been waiting, especially I was talking to Carrie a few days ago. She's like, Craig, this is what I don't understand. I follow what you say. I do understand what you say. But after I wait at the shipper six hours, I called the broker and said, I need detention. And they said, you never told me detention. She said, I'm confused because doesn't the broker know I'm still there? And I have to say yes and no, okay? And I know it's frustrating because the broker didn't know you're there, obviously, if you're talking to him. However, he's using what's laid out in the terms of the contracts, literal, by saying you guys didn't give us a heads up, therefore we won't honor it, or probably saying, therefore the customer won't, won't honor it. But you have it in yours it could be covered and now yeah that that's basically what i'm saying robbie it's uh make sure you have the policy in place before demanding attention because as both a driver and a carrier both on the broker side and the carrier side if uh you don't have it in your packet you can't just say when you have one hour detention that you know mr broker um i waited for an hour you owe me 500 dollars for that one hour detention that's not how it works you just can't pull up prices you know, out of a hat or whatnot, um, and just start demanding of it. If you have it in your packet or start talking about it at the time of the shipment, when you get set up or over email to have a paper trail, you should be good to go. It's, you know, oftentimes we don't even know what the broker's detention rate is as a carrier. And likewise, as a broker, we don't even know what the carrier detention rate is. So it's good to have that as Robbie said before, uh, excuse me, uh, they start demanding that. And now, as I was saying about earlier, there's nothing more frustrating than demanding money that's rightfully owed to you. And oftentimes, mainly the mega mega brokerages ones I see the most, but oftentimes it's these brokerage and the reason that they're not paying it because it was never given a simple heads up. I always say is you can call these people, but also send an email because you can never forget an email chain, but some reason, you know, one reason or the other, people just forget, forget verbal conversations at time. And now, seven eight years ago probably a little bit longer whatever i did work at a mega brokerage and i remember they had an unwritten rule as a model that was if a driver doesn't request detention don't mention it okay and now as a coordinator i did keep track of the driver's detentions and i requested it from our customers but like i said we have that unwritten rule so not always you know not all the time do we pay the drivers and now as i think about it now yeah that was shitty but as you know, very entry, very new, you know, working on the broker side, I didn't know any better. And now this same re uh, rule applies now. I say this because a lot of people post in the group, freight brokers and truck drivers, that they're requesting these extra charges and the brokers are just simply not giving it to them. And so 
or they're waiting to the last minute or assuming that the broker will have good faith and add these charges. Don't assume anything. When you assume, you make an ass of you and me. That's just how it works. And so never assume. You always have to ask for these things, okay? At the time it happens, right when the event happens, not days later, okay? Because I can tell you what that broker is going to say. The broker is probably going to say, you know, I can't help you, okay? Don't let others pocket your own money. In a down economy, you know, we talked about this before. In a down economy, when you can't make more money, you know, by increasing, you know, raising your charges or providing other service, really the only way to gain more money or make more money is if you save more money, okay? And now the only way to save money is by finding different areas that you can improve on within your operation, maybe change systems, but certainly you can save money by collecting all the money you deserve. And now I'm quite curious for the carriers and the drivers who don't request detention. Have you ever asked yourself how much money you just gave up to these brokers? Okay. Now I mentioned before I was trained when I went to the carrier side from a brokerage. It was actually because a carrier, uh, his name was Greg. He took me under his wing and then trained me. That's how I got on the carrier side、uh, before he passed. And I remember something vividly. He would always tell me. He would say, "Craig, you know, don't charge these brokers detention because I want to get loads from them, you know, tomorrow or the next day." And I would say, "Like Greg, you know, don't do that because as a broker, I could tell you, you know, some think that way, but most brokers do not think that way. Okay, they do not think about how they can help their driver on the next time." I know a lot of you、uh, owner operators, small fleet owners. That's how you guys think. You guys think that let's not charge a broker and hope they give us more next time. No, don't leave your money on the table. Get it now. Make sure you get it, and don't let others pocket your money. You know, make sure you include all your extra charges sheets in your packet. Discuss the possible extra charges with your broker over email before taking the load. And what I mean by this is like this. I didn't say that right, but it's kind of like this. If you see a load posted in Atlanta, loose example, a load posted in Atlanta, and you're in like Valdesta, and you tell the broker, "No problem, I'm on my way." One thing that I would probably do, since that's a long ways of driving, I would probably say, "You know what, buddy? I would love to commit to this load right now. Can we please put a clause on the rate confirmation that says, you know, the brokerage agrees to pay me, the driver, let's say 250 bucks or 150 bucks." If some reason to no fault of my own, the load cancels before I go to the get to the shipper because I am driving. Okay, you can do this. This is what you can do, and I'll put this all over email as well. It's frustrating when the carrier leaves Valdesta, starts heading to Atlanta, and the broker calls says, "Hey, buddy, I'm sorry, it's canceled. We're not going to pay you anything. We didn't agree on it beforehand." Take the two seconds. It's actually like a minute. Take the one minute. To have this quick discussion with your broker, I guarantee you they won't care. They just have to know、um, what is going on, or what the expectations are, or what you're thinking before the rate confirmation sign, just to make sure you know everybody's on the same page. And yeah, it's really that easy to do it. And again, going back to the Greg example, don't be one of those drivers. And I understand you guys are a lot of y'all are very compassionate. Don't be one of those ones. Be like, nah, I don't want to charge this broker. You know he will help me out next time. No way, Jose. Let's get my money now. Let's worry about more money next time. But now, also keep in constant contact with your broker, okay? Especially if you have extra charges pending. You know when I get to the shipper, I used to drive straight trucks and cargo vans. 
Obviously, I was never like a truck driver like y'all, but straight trucks and cargo vans had a lot of same similarities as it is in respect to communicating with brokers. Anyways, when you have extra charges pending, make sure you keep in uh, contact with these brokers, people, because let me tell you, get to the shipper, you know, after an hour and a half, this is on my cheat sheet. After an hour and a half, you say, Mr. Broker, you know, my driver's waiting for detention. I will let you know when he's loaded. Well, guess what? Call every hour. Don't let that broker say, oh, you know, I didn't understand what you're saying, or I forgot, or I assumed you'd be out by then. Call every hour because we're talking about your money. And the longer you wait, the more money you're going to get and more likely people are going to try to get out of paying you. I am just saying from what I know from watching other people in the industry and from experience. So make sure you keep in constant contact with your broker and don't ever feel like you're annoying them because if you're not annoying them, you're not keeping in enough contact with them. And now lastly, send a final detention or a final charge email with all the extra chargeable time in one email after the event has stopped or after the chargeable event has stopped. This means if you, the shipper, excuse me, if the broker requests you go to another shipper address, ask for more money over an email, okay? Your rate con says one thing, they're having you go to another place. That's time, fuel, stress, money, a headache, ask for it, okay? Ask for it verbally, ask for it over an email. Don't forget to do that. And this includes with layovers. When you do a layover, make sure you keep um, updating email. But most importantly, this works for detention. If you're in detention, make sure you're updating these people, these brokers, every single hour just to make sure they can never say, oh, I forgot because there's no forgetting here. Um, yeah, and I'll put my email. Actually, I'll write it right here just so if you guys want to know. And okay, it's Craig at FreightBrain.com. And so, uh, yeah, email me. I, ha I do have other cheat sheets and flowcharts I've sent out before. I'll just go ahead and send out more um, later on. But anyways, and now, yeah, there we go, potting up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sending up the truck order not used, the T-O-N-U rate, ahead of time is so beneficial to the relationship between the broker and the shipper. Um, and that's kind of like what it is. That's a different, I want to do more of like helping drivers because drivers don't seem to get a lot of help. But it's the same thing on all sides. If you're a broker, an agent, a driver, whatever, the same rules applies about updating all parties. It just applies to everybody in the industry. You just may use a different word um, or call us, you know, call us something else. And now, as I was mentioning just a couple seconds ago, don't be one of those drivers who say, I don't want to annoy my broker. I hear it all the time, especially from a lot of lady dispatchers. Um, they just say, but Craig, I don't want to annoy these people. Well, you need to annoy these people um, to get the money they deserve. And now going to, that was basically everything about after the shipment or with the extra charges, accessorials charges. I want to start it there because in the beginning, that's the most important. So I want to say the most important part, just in case people start dropping off. However, the second uh, most important thing um, is negotiating with your brokers. Okay. If you have your own authority, if you're an owner op, even you know a small fleet owner, whatever, you know how to find freight and you definitely know how to work for brokers or you wanna have your own authority and you certainly wanna be this far in your career or the process. And so knowing that, I bet you know your cost per mile and I bet you know exactly within a few cents what you need to turn a profit within your operations, okay? And now to make more money with brokers, you need to know just a few more piece of information, okay? Actually one with a few categories under it. 
you need to know the data okay i preach data all the time uh not just because i'm a 90s kid but because data is actually everything okay i'm with a lot of drivers who say i'm not worried about data i've been doing this thing for 35 years i get it it's just things are a little bit different now where you need the data or use the data to empower you to make better informed decisions okay now beyond negotiating or to negotiate stronger or better with brokers with the data the data you need is like the current overall conditions of the freight market you need current freight rates for that lane or for that area and you definitely need to know how many trucks are in that lane or in that area you need to know how many of people are just like you looking for loads similar to the ones you're looking at in that area because we all know about the ratios whether you use truckstop.com or other rate analyst you know platforms you have to use that data because oftentimes you know you see drivers in the group they think they're having a great day saying you know hey i only you know call one or two brokers gave my price broker jumped all over i'm good to go and then care don't mics here and then carriers turn around and say you know buddy that's actually cheap look at the market you should have looked at the market you could have been getting double okay and so you have to know your data for you to make better informed decisions but certainly to make more money do not leave money out on the table because you definitely know brokers are not going to be telling you about the data or about the truck to load ratio more times than not they're hoping if it's in their favor that you don't know about the data there especially i guess the same statement applies if you do and know but anyways and now as i said whether you use truckstop.com or whatever there's a ton of these data driven tools i don't know the right word i'm just going to call my like data analyst tools or features and i do know a lot of them are paid subscriptions however all this information can also largely be found by searching you know the facebook groups how about freight brokers and truck drivers reading posts from other members uh youtube uh transportation media outlets other professionals you network every day you know if you're a driver talk to your dispatchers talk to your driver managers if you're an agent talk to your account manager you know talk to your manager pricing guy um, at the brokerage just talk to them okay because you can use that as data points to make a better informed decision you don't have to pay for the um you know for these paid subscriptions however you know paying for it obviously you get a lot stronger results you get more real-time data but we're talking about making more money here so use anything that you have to collect data when negotiating with brokers if your cost now is just two dollars a mile don't assume that two dollars a mile is still gonna be great next week it could be three dollars a mile i doubt in this economy or it could be as low as a dollar 50 mile however the data tells you know what's going on and now speaking of data you know i was gonna make a list maybe i will and i'll post in the group every day i start my day kind of with the same like youtube um and podcast people i go through I have individuals I follow, businesses and media companies like Freightways I follow. You know, Freightways is cool. They post a thousand times a day about different things. I've noticed a lot lately, they're posting a lot of outside of the US freight market news that has zero interest to me, but the majority of it's still, you know, domestic US um, freight news and market insight data that can help you every day. And now, if you're not subscribed to, I think their platform called Sonar or not, and other sonar groups, excuse me, sorry, and other sonar groups to see the live data. If you are not a subscriber, go ahead and check them out on YouTube, find their Facebook page because these people post a lot and you need to use that information, especially if you're an owner operator 
you know, basically every day they say what, where's a good area and what's a bad area. Um, today they just mentioned, I didn't write too much down, but I wrote Shreveport, Louisiana. They said today that Shreveport, Louisiana, that's by like the uh, West Monroe, you know, heading out of Texas, you know, I think Little Rock, Arkansas, somewhere over there. Anyways, had a high rejection rate. So obviously brokers, you know, they're not having a fun time there, but drivers, you know, certainly they probably are. However, all that data can just be found by just checking out YouTube people. Get to watch out who you listen to, especially as an individual, because a lot of people are uh, use opinions as facts when facts can only really be facts. And so you have to kind of cut through the noise to find out what's best for you and what information you could trust for your operation to maximize your potential and of course make more money. But the number one thing I watch, of course, is freight waves. I do read a lot from transport topics myself. Um, couple other random ones, you know, but that's about it. And of course, I have a list of probably 10 people that I look out for in the Facebook groups, people who work as shippers. Maybe they work at a company that just helps logistic professionals as well as carriers, brokers. I look for these people in the Facebook groups because they're constantly posting stuff, whether it's a lane, whether it's asking somebody else in the industry a question. Regardless, I look for these people. I use them as my almost advisory board, if you will, without them even knowing it to kind of get a better idea of what the market is. And I do all this without paying for subscription plan. But as I said, you know, those paid subscription data point plans or those paid subscriptions with the data driven tools, they are absolutely amazing. They are great. I don't pay for them because I'm just a consultant. However, I see others who use them and they work great. I'm just saying you don't have to use it. And so, and of course that applies for freight brokers, freight agents, and of course carriers. And now, one of the last things I want to mention here is understanding the people in the industry are just people. Okay. And now this is good to talk about, um, people I follow in the industry. I feel like I'm about to say, <laughs> I feel like I'm about to sneeze here. I'm sorry, people. I've been sick for like a week. I got sick like last Sunday and it's been like this eight day today, but I'm getting over it. But anyways, you have to watch out like who you listen to, okay, in the industry, as I mentioned, because uh, everybody talks straight. You know, everybody's opinion matters, but uh, not everybody, as I said, you know, uh, speaks facts, okay? And now I want to mention understanding people in the industry are just people. And here's what I mean by this, okay? You know, at times, whether I go to event or, you know, I talk to people over Facebook message, Messenger or within the group, sometimes I feel people think I'm a lot more bigger or um, I don't even know the word to use, a lot more than what I actually am. You know, as it turns out, I'm just a guy who's been working in the industry for a little bit and who talks to a camera, to a group. That's all I am. I'm literally no one special. And so when I say this, you know, this may seem small, but don't feel intimidated by, intimidated by people's fancy job titles, you know, at a brokerage or even a shipper, especially. A job title, a job title just says what that person does not who that person is, okay? And now this is very important because to become successful as, you know, finding freight with shippers or become successful as an agent to find freight, you know, you need to build relationships. And now working with a ton of freight agents with site trainings, you know, I notice a lot of these agents focus way too much on the sale, way too much of getting the, the shipper on the phone and asking about all his freight problems, uh, get a load, then they get completely discouraged after the call when they don't get it, okay? I always tell them, quit focusing on the sale. This is your first, your second, your third phone call. Don't be asking me out on a date, you know, essentially, on the first freaking call. 
Let's get to know each other. Learn about me. Let me learn about you. My title is irrelevant. Your title is irrelevant. It's one person talking to somebody else. In this case, it's a solution provider talking to somebody with problems. That's how you need to think about that. And like I said, I know it seems small, but um, like I said, people look at people like God sometimes, and they're not. Okay, learn from people, and this includes I'm, I'm talking about like CEOs, even COOs, whatever. Everybody's the same. Build a relationship with them, okay? Because we are all just people. And now, that being said, to be honest, when I was an agent, oops, when I was an agent, and especially when you know I worked on the carrier back in the day, there was times when uh, there was times when I didn't approach a certain a certain shipper or a broker because I just thought I was way too big, to way too damn small, and they were just way too big. I look back at it and I laugh because I'm like, why did I feel intimidated? Why did I not set up a meeting with this person? You know, simply because of their job title. It's stupid. It just shows that you know I was young, you know, inexperienced, you know, young. But as I jump over on the broker side, especially and worked with the shipper and seeing the people come through the doors, that's when I stopped, you know, feeling intimidated. And that's when I realized that Jesus, we are all just people, and we build a relationship with these people. We can get exactly what we want. Okay. You know, they would never admit it, but shippers need drivers. Shippers need brokers. Drivers need shippers. Drivers need brokers. Brokers need well, brokers need everybody. <laughs> they have they equally have to make you know shippers happy. They equally have to make carriers happy, and yet still no one's happy. But you get what I'm saying. And now that kind of moves on into my last thank you before I forget here. You need to use brokers to your advantage. Not only brokers, you need to use these shipping managers, these warehouse supervisors. These other freight agents, you know that you know. I'm speaking about drivers. The dock workers you see, you know, when you're getting loaded up at Walmart for eight hours, whatever. You need to use these people to your advantage, okay? And now I know a lot of drivers again are going to have a heyday about this, but you know about taking advantage of uh, brokers or using brokers to your advantage because sometimes that's what we want. And I can even say that, you know, coming from the broker side, but. Not only should you look at your brokers as someone who has loads, you need to also look at them with someone with a lot of information. And I'm talking about gold, valuable information. These brokers have people. How do I know that? Because I said B1. Okay, these brokers, these interns, these freight agent, logistics coordinator, whatever you want to call them, who work at these brokerages. As it turns out, they happen to know a lot because they tend to talk freight. With a lot of people throughout the day, they talk with their managers, they talk with their other agents, talk with their brokers, talk you know with service providers, talk with other carriers, especially. But brokers know a thing or two about freight. Brokers definitely know a thing or two about rates, and you need to use that advantage. Excuse me, you need to use that information to your advantage. And now, as I said in the beginning of this, Truckstop.com has a blog post. I actually reshare in the group. It's titled something along the lines of "Top Ten Questions." A broker should ask a shipper, and I changed and said these. This also applies to drivers because it does. Okay, at the bottom of that blog post, somewhere at the bottom, I don't think it was a point, but at the bottom of it, it says, "Use your listening skills to find the sweet spot for getting your foot in the door." And I like that statement because let me tell you why. People can use listening skills when talking with their brokers to gain valuable information, such as new upcoming freight opportunities. Maybe they haven't told you about. Or maybe the broker on the phone mentions a coworker or somebody sitting next to him is also working on freight, and that could benefit you. 
you know, real quick, when I was working at brokerage, you know, fairly large two or three years ago, whatever, um, a few years back, you know, there's a carrier who would call every single day, like religion, 8.30 in the morning. I'd be like, hey buddy, yeah, I either have freight or I don't have freight for your driver. He'd be like, all right, pass me over to such and such. I pass him on to her. After he gets off the phone with her, he's getting passed around to the next one, passed around to the next one, passed around. It was like musical chairs or hot potato, I think that game's called, with the phone. And now I would say that driver, that carrier, whoever, he was a smart man. And oftentimes I would joke around with him about it because he knew exactly who had what he needed at any given time. And now let me tell you the whole point of this. We didn't just pass around the phone because he said, hey buddy, pass the phone. We did it because he called, you know, we, we knew about his son's T-ball when he was like five or six years old. We knew when he bought a new truck. We knew when his in-laws came over because he hated them and he told us about it. That's the only reason why I knew it. He built these relationships with us, okay? He used us for the information. He knew the company I worked at, what their next move was oftentimes because it would just be nonchalantly said, you know, in conversation. It only happened because he called us. It only happened because he used his brokers to his advantage, okay? And now, of course, at the time, I didn't really realize this is what dude was doing. But as I think back on it, that's exactly what he was doing. He was just simply using his brokers as an advantage. Just a few of them, just like him who do it. But you need to do that because, another example, you know, brokers, every load that we post on the load board, that doesn't mean that's all the freight we have or the freight that you see on an internal load board, that's not all the freight brokers have, okay? You know, brokers are constantly working on, um, working on bids, RFQs, RFPs in the background. Um, I know a lot of carriers think that brokers only work on the freight that they have, but for us to eat, for us to survive, you gotta keep going after these customers, continue to wine and dine them for you to win more lanes. And now, excuse me. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. And so again, I forgot where I was going with that, but for you to do it the same, you just have to think like these people. And so, yeah, I was talking about uh, the guy being smart. But anyways, for you to use or for you to maximize your potential, for you to make more money, you need to think like a broker. And as I said, I'm not talking about get a brokerage authority, hire some low coordinators or start talking like one. I'm just saying simply operate like these brokers do. I mean, you guys speak to these freight agents all the time on the phone. You know what kind of how they talk about, you know what they talk about. Um, you know what they do, just do the same thing. So next time that you're talking to a, a broker, remember, think like one. Next time you're about to book a low with a broker, remember to think like one down to talking about the money, okay? We all know these brokers like talk about the money, so don't forget to ask about your money in the phone call with that. Just like someone mentioned in the comments above and just like I mentioned countless times, we are talking about extra charges, excess oil charges, all that jazz. Before you get set up with that broker, before you sign on the rate confirmation, before you as a driver, before you as a carrier, have that accessorial charge sheet within your carrier packet or at the very minimum, write it in an email at the time of the booking or on the rate confirmation at the time of booking, but before you sign it, because once you sign it, everything's out the door. You're bound to the term that you agreed upon with your signature there. And so, I had a few things I want more to talk to you about, about the top 10 things I'm finding in the industry. Uh, just kind of talk about them, like the driver shortage, the hours of service issue, detention, truck parking, et cetera. 
but let's go ahead and wait for that until next make more money monday which will be the next week exactly seven days from now obviously but in the meantime i do want to check out here um yeah steven that's exactly okay steven okay what you just said sorry i'm just now noticing that message pop it up here uh steven just said you know i just did a load deadheaded 340 miles they canceled on me at the last minute and they said they owe me nothing what would you do about that well as it turns out there's not much you can do unfortunately after it's already said and done 340 miles that's a lot that's like from my old hometown to chicago and back <laughs> i won't even do that for fun let alone to get paid for anyways there's not much you can do after the fact here okay for this one just take it as a learning lesson so don't beat yourself up with it for that one that's why i keep mentioning it or preaching about it like joel olstein here it's before you sign that rate confirmation you should have said hey mr broker look i'm 300 340 miles out i would love to take this load i am 100 committed to the shipment however for me to start heading to that shipper to pick up your load i need to put a clause on the rate confirmation that says you will pay me 150 bucks or 200 bucks in the event that you cancel um, to no fault of my own if i'm in transit okay and then i will sign it okay but that's why you need that. If you can't do it, if you make a verbal conversation with that customer, like I always say, make sure you jot that down in a uh, in a written email because everybody forgets a verbal conversation. And I keep saying purposely, um, write an email about it because everybody forgets when they ask, it be like, Craig, I watch all your stuff. I'm still not getting paid, what happened? Did you send an email? Oh, no, 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 but I told them. <laughs> why didn't you send a damn email? That's just the only reason uh, why I'm mentioning that a zillion times here. But anyways, like I said, make more money Monday sponsored by truckstop.com. This is basically how it's going to be next time going over a lot more stuff to help protect you drivers from the top 10 reasons that I see in the industry. We talked about the next time and ways what I think if this true or not, what I just think is a myth, which I think is a lot of it is just fake news. However, we talk about it next Monday on make more money Mondays sponsored by truckstop.com. But in the meantime, remember, say no to cheap freight, remain professional, and let's make more money. I will see you, or I hope to see you next.